Captain's Log, Stardate 752-97.8 We are en route to Starbase 47 after a brief scare with a crystalline entity. Ensign Katie and Lieutenant Amanda have reported what they describe as a haunting on Deck 6, Section 6. This episode of These Are the Voyages is brought to you by the 999 Happy Haunts. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm your captain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me today is Lieutenant Commander Igor. You know him. It's actually Lieutenant Commander Eric. How you doing, bud? Igor? Yeah. <laughs> What's that from? It's from some movie. From some movie? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I can't remember which one, but I remember hearing Igor. Okay. Igor. Yeah. I was going to be like, here's like Cousin It or something. Well, I mean, if you were, like, completely covered in hair, that'd be different. Yeah. Or Uncle Fester, right? You want to be Uncle Fester? Uncle Fester, yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. Well, everyone, um, we we are doing this little Halloween special of, um, of These the Voyages. And um, Eric and I were talking about doing, um, like, a spooky trek for a little while now. And um, we're going to, you know, talk more about that a little bit later on. But first, let's go to the lodge meeting. How's it been going, dude? Uh, it's been going good. You know, we had um, parent-teacher conferences this week, which were not terrible, by the way. Right? Um, some of them were a little tough because they're like, always start out with something nice. Right? Say something good about the student first before you get into the bad, if there is any. And some of them were like, I cannot think of anything good to say about this kid. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, but it was fine. It was over. And then now I'm on like a little, I had like a break after that, you know, like a four day weekend. So very good. I'm doing pretty good. No car line duties this week. We're all good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, man. Like that, that was the thing that I had to learn early on. Like whenever I would give like feedback back to my students and stuff is like, you start out nice, you tell them like what a crap job they did, and then you end it with like something nice, like a word of encouragement or something like that. So, yeah, I, I get, I get that, I get that. No, but you know, you know, they say that saying like you know the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. That is like so true, I, and you start to realize that when you meet some of these kids' parents, they're like, "You are definitely this kid's parent, or that kid is definitely your child." Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. just tell by somehow like some of the parents are and some of the kids are. They're very similar. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. True story. True I I story. mean I I mean I deal with um, with graduate students, so like obviously I'm not like meeting their parents, but um, 
like there have like whenever I was working for um, for the Boy Scouts and like just like the kiddos that I meet like at recruiting night or like even at like the the morning rallies that I'd be doing for you know membership drives and stuff like that. Uh, and I'd meet their parents that night. I'm like, whoa, yeah, totally. So, I mean, I, I can kind of appreciate that. Like, obviously, I'm not doing, I wasn't doing progress reports on them at the time, but, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. But, you know, that's over. No more for the rest of the year. Very good. So, I was like, do we have to do this again in the spring? They're like, no, no, just one parent teacher conference. It's like, whew. Oh, that's it, really? Yeah. Wow, you got lucky, huh? Yeah, I was thinking we'd have to do them again. Wow. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, um, I mean, nothing, I guess nothing really too exciting has been, been going on for me, um, in the grand scheme of things. I I guess like, you know, with my week being kind of boring and yours being over with, you know, kind of chill for the most part with your parent teacher conferences, as we go into this little spooky trek, this Halloween kind of episode, um, let's talk, let's just kind of reminisce for, for a second. Um, I remember, I think I might remember you saying something like, um, that you weren't really into Halloween or that you don't really like Halloween, but growing up, what was like Halloween like at the Christofferson household? Um, well, I know I definitely, I lived in a neighborhood, a subdivision and we would go, you know, trick or treating throughout the subdivision, um, which was fine. Um, I honestly cannot remember a single costume person thing I went as. No, can't remember any of those. Um, I remember as I got to be like a teenager, I somehow I ended up being like the person home that had to like hand out candy, which is like a terrible job, right, for a teenager. Like that was very boring. And then I remember, right, you know, in college when I was still I was living in my mom's house in her basement. I would, like, turn off all the lights and just hide inside my house, like, in, like, as far inside away from any of the doors or windows as possible, just to know, like, don't come to this house. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, we were never, like, big deck. We never put up decorations outside of our house. You know, you see some people, they have these, like, elaborate, like, 20-foot-tall skeleton thing, ghost things. You're like, no. I'm not doing any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever we decorate went, your house? Yeah, my, my family, we went nuts with it. So we were that family, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were we were definitely that family that um, was all about uh, decorating and just going all in with it. And it, I think it might have annoyed my dad for a while because... Um, you know, we would start decorating basically in September, uh, right, to get ready for the month of October. And then he would have to tear it all down for the most part um, because then we went all sorts of nuts with um, Christmas light uh, decorations and stuff like for that for that time of year. And uh, that was very elaborate too. And uh, for the Christmas stuff which I know I'm getting ahead, like we're not leaving Halloween alone or anything, but like when it came to Christmas decorating, like my dad won best decorated house, I think like four years in a row with our, wow. our um, HOA, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah. But 
Yeah, we um, do you remember do you remember or ever heard of um, the the mail order catalog or whatever um, Oriental Trading? It doesn't sound familiar. There was, okay, so there was this um, thing called it was a magazine called Oriental Trading, and it would come out like at different times of the year, and you could order costumes, decorations, stuff like. I mean, we're talking like way before Amazon, obviously. Like we're talking like '90s type of thing, when like you actually had to wait. And we would order so much stuff uh, for decorating and costumes. And I remember for at least three years in a row, I went as a Power Ranger. So I think it was like, um, mm, I think one year it was like the, like we're talking like original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and stuff. So like, I think it went like as the blue, the red, and I think my final year was the White Ranger. Um, and I, I have receipts for this somewhere. Um, I'm sure I went as a Power Ranger at some point. I was into like the original, you know, not any of like the other stuff after that. Right now, I will say this: um, I loved Mighty Morphin, but to me, like Zeo, Power Ranger Zeo, I think was like the best story of of all like that era. But anyways, I'm I digress. Um, but yeah, we we would decorate like crazy. We got we bought like cobweb type stuff and we put it like all over our shrubbery we'd get like these um like a uh, smiley jack lantern trash bags type of thing that we'd stuff like with leaves and put it like in our front yard we had giant spiders and um spooky music we had i remember we had this giant ghost um thing that we put over um uh the entrance to our house like the um by the front door and yeah. Now, when you were trick or treating, can you do you remember any particular house that just scared the bejesus out of you? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I have a bad memory of like any time before I was ten years old. Like I okay. just don't remember. You know. Okay. I, 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 I the reason I ask is I do. Um, every year, like I, I'm like, I know better than to go by this house, but I went yeah. anyway. Uh-huh. And this house, Eric, okay. I want you to picture this. Okay. So we're talking like it's dark out, right? Like we're talking like maybe seven something, eight something at, at night. There's like some creepy music. There's a lot of trees, giant tree canopy. Um, and you go, you go up there. You know, you, you ring the bell, you knock on the door, they give you the candy, and you know it's coming. You know it's coming. 100% know it's coming. And then out of nowhere, these chainsaws turn on, and like they're revving it. And they start chasing you off with chainsaws. Scare the what? crap out of me. Every single year for like that wouldn't fly two or three years ago. Days. No, yeah. but I mean they had the chains off, but still. No, but still. Woo. Man. So yeah, definitely, definitely um, terrifying. Yeah. And um, do you do you uh, do you do any trick or treating now with your daughter? I was, yeah. Was, how, did Halloween happen last year or was it canceled? Um. We what did we do last year? Our, our neighborhood, so our neighborhood did, um, did trick or treating. I don't think we did. I think we just 
stayed home and like watched a movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we like we might have handed out candy, but we for some reason we didn't go trick or treating last year. Um, and the year before that, we went to our church's uh, fall festival. I think. Um, yeah, our churches and my in-laws uh, fall festival, like this giant like party thing at, in the parking lot, basically, which was actually really cool. Um, I was expecting it to not be cool, but it was it was actually really fun, really enjoyable. Had some games and really good food and just it was fun. Year before that, when Elena was really young, um, it was it was super cute. Um, I went as a Ravenclaw student from Harry Potter, which was just me wearing my Ravenclaw tie and a cardigan. So basically like what I wore to work that day. And uh, my wife and daughter, they both were twinning. They were twinsies as Snow White. And uh, my wife can pull off a great Snow White, by the way. Um, so it, it was so cute. It was so cute seeing my daughter like kind of waddle from house to house, getting candy and stuff. So um, gosh, she was... She had to have been one when we did that one, I think. Wow. Yeah. 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 I my uh my go to costume now is Heisenberg from Breaking Bad. Yeah, man. Where I already got the bald head and the glasses and I can shave down to just the goatee and you know, put on I can put the sunglasses on and I got the hat that he wears. Okay. See, look, yeah. man. Pull it you off. Were talk- I pull it off pretty convincingly. You were talking in a recent episode about how you want to go to a convention, okay? So that's already one costume that you got down pat, and I see, yep. I see at least one Heisenberg um, every time I've gone to a convention, at least one, just because right. it's like it's such an easy and a comfortable uh, costume to easy. wear. Let's put on some put on some khakis and a button up shirt and like a windbreaker. Like it's like super easy. Yeah. Like I didn't even have to buy anything for the. I had to buy the hat and the sunglasses, yeah. but like. Clothing wise, I already had it all. Right, that's what we call a closet cosplay, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, I did buy like the specific shoes. You know, he has he wears like the Clark Wallabies, which are an expensive pair of shoe actually, but they're nice and I like them. But they're like one hundred and fifty dollars, like which I know some people are like that's not expensive for a pair of shoes, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, slightly related to that. There are people that are losing their collective mind right now, dude, um, because um, um, I don't know if you know this, but there's a Indiana Jones movie coming out um, in the near future. Is there? Um, yeah, Indiana Jones. Yep, Indiana Jones five. It was originally supposed to come out summer of twenty two, but because Disney and Marvel uh, wanted to change things up because of the success of uh, Shang Chi, um, everything's being moved back. So now Indy five is going to come out in summer of 23 instead of summer of 22, whatever. The reason people are losing their collective minds is because of the different costume pieces. So, um, the, the shoes that, um, Indy wears in all the movies are called, um, um, Alden's and, um, Alden's are an expensive brand of shoe. And apparently they've changed that. Um, they've also changed um, the shirt that um, he typically wears, which um, if I don't know how well versed you are in Indiana Jones movies or whatever, but his um, basically his safari shirt, his khaki button up that he wears, there's pleats that go up it. Um, 
and there are no pleats, um, apparently, just based on, like, the stills that we've seen. Like, so, so people... What? So what? Right, like, right? Like, who so cares? <laughs> like, look, I have, I have a pretty darn good Indiana Jones costume in my closet. I'm not losing my mind over it. I mean... Let's, let's think about this for a second, okay? So the first Indiana Jones movie was set in the 1930s, okay? Yeah. And Crystal Skull was in the 1950s. It's been another 13 years. Well, by the time it comes out, it'll be another 15 years from the time that Crystal Skull came out. So, I mean, if they stick to it and they stick, they go into like the, the 70s, whatever. I don't expect the dude to be wearing the same thing for 30, 40 years. That'd be weird. Yeah, that'd be a little weird. That'd be a little weird. Now, it's not weird, you know, that the whole Enterprise crew decided to stay together (laughs) instead of, you know, advance and go on to different ships. That's weird. (laughs) I mean, except for Sulu. I mean, and I guess Chekhov. But Chekhov came back. Sulu, he he got with the Gittins and he got to captain the... The Excelsior. (laughs) Thank you, Excelsior. Thank you for that. Okay, I feel okay. better now. I feel better. Good. I need to work on that in post too, don't I? <laughs> nah, we'll forget about it. It's fine. Forget about it. Okay. Well, well, Eric. Um, I feel like we've we've maybe reminisced enough about Halloween. Um, there are some very creepy creepy episodes um creepy spooky um whatever halloween-esque horror-esque uh episodes um in all of star trek from original series all the way up through i mean even the newer stuff like discovery picard and lower decks so um Eric and I have like like other brackets and rankings and stuff like that. I mean, this isn't a bracket or a ranking, but um, we haven't exchanged notes. We have no idea what's on each other's lists. Um, I think Eric, you said you have about ten, right? Yeah, about about ten episodes. Yep. Okay. With and a, maybe right, a few maybe a few honorable mentions. Okay, and I'm right about there too. Um, so we. We, we were kind of talking, like, do we want to go by, by series? Do we want to jump around? And I think just to kind of keep things kind of interesting, because, um, again, I don't know how many he has. He doesn't know how many I have, you know, based on series. So we're just going to kind of just pop around. Um, and let's, let's do this. Like, the only thing I will say is let's save our top three um, for, the la- for the very end, okay? Sure, yeah. So whether that's, you know, a horror, it's um, like a psychological thriller, it's a spooky, it's a whatever, okay? Like whatever you consider to be your top three, um, let, just let me know whenever you're ready to go for your top three, and then that's when we'll start talking about it. And, maybe, and there probably will be some overlap. Eric seems to think that our number one is probably going to be the same, which... I, I have a suspicion that our I, number one is going to be the I same. I do too. I do too, but um, I will be pleasant, su- pleasantly surprised if it's not. Right. <laughs> I think. Um, so let me let me kind of kick this off, and I and I hope I don't ruin um, your your list at all. But I want to go um, original series on this. Okay. All right. So 
um, this one might be kind of obvious. This might be like some low hanging fruit, but for me, like whether other people think it's creepy or not, I can remember the very first time that I saw this particular episode. And I mean, I had seen stills, I'd heard people talk about it, um, in the past, but I had no basis for knowing anything about it beyond that. And, um, the one that made the list from the original series for me is the man trap. Okay. Yeah. The man trap. So, I mean, just the fact that there's this shape shifting salt monster, you know, type of thing, um, just, it is just kind of creepy and just like kind of how it like just played out and like almost like some smoke and mirrors kind of stuff. I just remember having this visceral like reaction watching it for the very first time and it just creeped the the bejesus out of me like i just it was so incredibly creepy watching it um and i mean we're talking like about 10 years ago whenever i saw it for the first time so um so the man trap is definitely on my list of one of the spookiest creepiest episodes yeah, of star I trek mean, when you talk about like monster of the week this is like the definition of monster of the week isn't it yeah i would and think it's so like this I, this yeti looking thing with no teeth and like it's a it's a creepy imagery definitely mm-hmm. yeah right and it like sucks your salt dry definitely uh-huh <laughs> definitely a creepy even like even i still today you know i imagine back in like the 60s it creeped people out even more but it's still a creepy imagery nowadays yeah yeah yeah, so, like, the man trap wasn't on my list because I figured it would probably be on yours, and so I oh, wanted thanks, to skip bud. it, right? And so, for me, I think I, I think this might be low-hanging fruit, but I think the first episode that I want to mention from the original series is Cat's Paw. I was going to put that on there, but I figured you would, actually. Yeah, like, Cat's Paw is, it, it, was, it premiered October 27th, 1967, so, like, it was the Halloween themed episode. Um, and it's like castles and fog and witches and wizards and black cats and skeletons and dungeons. Oh my. Like all of like the things just thrown into this one episode. Mm-hmm. It is like, the, I think, you know, I think it's the only time Star Trek has ever done like a uh, uh, holiday themed episode. Okay. Right? And it's just, yeah. I mean, you look at it now and it's a little campy, but I mean. 100%. It's, I mean, the original series has got that campy charm to it. But, I mean, it's got all the things in there. It's got the the floating heads, right, that are totally supposed to be like the Macbeth weird sisters, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and they even mention, like, trick-or-treating in the episode, Yeah. Yeah, it's just I mean I mean I don't know how scary the episode is, but it's definitely the Halloween themed episode. Sure. So um for for me, um going so going back and back to mine, um I've mentioned this before um on multiple episodes and Eric's probably gonna know what this is like a mile away. But I, I would be remiss to not include this. Again, this is like low-hanging fruit just because I've mentioned it multiple, multiple times. Having nightmares as a kid, and that's Best of Both Worlds Part 1. Way more than Part 2. 
I distinctly remember seeing it in syndication at my uncle's house uh, when they were working on air conditioners and building air conditioners and stuff like that. And I just, I remember like the Borg. I remember like the dark lighting, like just Picard and everything and just being scared out of my mind as a little kid, you know, before I even realized what Star Trek was and even coming back to it um, later on when I was actually getting into it, it was still creepy. So uh, yeah, best of both worlds. Part one is, is on there for me. No, when, when you see when they're like, when the captain's been kidnapped and you like see him down the hall and you see like the clean, normal side of his face and then he turns slowly toward the camera and you see like the Borgs and like the laser points right at you. That is like, holy crap, that's a scary moment. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes more scary when you like actually know what the Borg are. Absolutely. Right. If you, if you, I mean, it can be a scary imagery if, if you don't know anything about the Borg, which is like kind of, I feel like the situation you were in. But once you do know about the Borg, it becomes even more scary. Oh, yeah. Like they take yeah. every, every part of you. It's like, it's like permadeath basically, you know, like to, to take a gamer term, like it is permadeath whenever you are, you're assimilated by the Borg. And the fact that, um, you know, you have like the main star, right? I mean, yes, it's an ensemble cast, but like the star of, of next gen has been assimilated and you're like, wait, what? And it's, and it's the season finale you know, like regardless of if you watched it when it actually came out in the 1990s or not, like, Oh my God, we're, we're going to lose Patrick Stewart. We're going to lose captain Picard. Um, like the guy that has like all the secrets, you know, not all the secrets, but you know, he's got like all this prestige. He's a, he's the captain of the freaking enterprise for crying out loud. And we just, we just lost him anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. So I want to stick with the original series. I got one more original series episode that I want to talk about. And that is also from season two. And it's called Wolf in the Fold. Okay. Okay. So like serial killers are inherently creepy. Like, I mean, I'm not a serial killer documentary person. I know that's like a thing that exists. Like I do not want to watch serial killer documentaries Mm because they creep me the hell out that people are out there doing this terrible stuff but like you know the idea of this creature this entity that can take over people's bodies and like kill you kill you know kill people using your body and you have no memory of it and then it can jump from one person to the other and then it ventures out into space as mankind ventures out into space and it planet hops and it just takes over people's bodies and and commits murder in them. Like, that is creepy to me. Like, this, like, alien entity that feeds off of fear and kills people. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but I'm creeped out by that idea. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, wasn't that... Was that the one uh, where they were kind of, like, taking on, like, the Jack the Ripper thing? Is that yeah, what that yeah. was? Yeah, Regic is the name, and that was, like... They said this entity was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that's the fact that they took on Jack the Ripper in a Star uh, Trek episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, the episode plays out like a courtroom drama, right? Or like, a you know, one of those types of episodes. But 
man, is it scary. And you know what makes it even more scary? You want to hmm. know what makes it more scary for me? And this might sound dumb, <laughs> but, like, the investigator on this pleasure planet where they're at, right, where these murders take place, the actor who plays this investigator who, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this episode, I'm going to spoil it right here, he is the person who is, like, possessed by this entity, right? The, mm-hmm. the investigator. The actor who plays him is the voice of Piglet. Really? Piglet from Winnie the Pooh, right? Yeah, yeah. Really? The actor who plays this the killer in this episode was the voice of Piglet. And wow. so, you know, growing up, watching Winnie the Pooh, Piglet is this little cute and cuddly creature. You're like, oh, look at Piglet. And then to see the voice of Piglet be this scary killer, that creeps me out. Because Piglet is cute and cuddly. Huh. Totally. It's totally Piglet. Wow. Okay. Does that not creep you out a little bit? Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) This cute little, yeah, that cute little Piglet. What's the actor's name, dude? Oh, I can look it up real quick. Um, John Fiedler. Okay. Yep. He was the voice of Piglet. Oh. oh man. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess let's let's keep on trucking. <laughs> um just out of curiosity, how many more um uh original series ones do you have? That's it. That's it. Okay. Just those two. Okay. So I'm gonna kind of so I'm gonna come back to next gen in just a little bit, but um, kind of coming back to like near that era. Um, let's talk about Enterprise. Enterprise okay. doesn't get enough love. No, it doesn't. Dead stop. Okay, dead stop. So like just this big old like white room basically being trapped by yourself, hearing just the computer voice, and that's it. And isn't the computer voice Roxanne Dawson? It is. Right, yeah. yeah. Belana Torres. Yeah. So talk about creepy and, um, you know, just the fact that Archer at one point was like, I need to talk to a person, you know, like we, I mean, that's like the frustration, like trying to get a hold of customer service on any phone these days, but like, (laughs) um, but like representative, (laughs) representative, 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 (laughs) but like just the fact that like that is where he's at, um, like just. Anyway, like there, there's just something creepy about like being by yourself and like having this like almost ethereal like computer voice that you have to interact with and feeling trapped and like needing to get out type of thing. So um, it's creepy. Maybe it's not like over the top creepy, but it's it, it, it balances it pretty well. And I think and Roxanne um, also is the one that directed the episode, too. So okay, she right. really did. She did a good job, I think, of, of upping the creepy factor. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I want. I'll stick with Enterprise since you went to Enterprise. Um, an episode that is like basically Star Trek goes Night of the Living Dead, and it's from season three, episode five. It's called Impulse. I was gonna put that one too. Yeah, this is definitely. This is like Star Trek goes full Night of the Living Dead. 
Vulcan zombies, right? We're going to rescue this Vulcan ship trapped in this expanse. Mm -hmm. And they get over there and all the Vulcans are zombies. And they are just like coming after us. They're attacking the they're attacking us. They're like the fast moving zombies, right? Not the slow moving zombies. So maybe it's not Night of the Living Dead, maybe like the original one. Like I don't know. There's two different types of zombies, right? The slow right. ones and the fast ones. And these are like the fast zombies. Yeah. 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 The original like nineteen fifties Night of the Living Dead, they're definitely slow for sure. Yeah, but in like the, the two thousand remake, they're fast. Yeah. They're right. coming for you, Barbara. Yeah, but like um, the lighting is all like super low. It's all super dark. There's like it should be an epilepsy warning for all like the big flashing lights that happen in this episode. Yeah, but it is it is full on Star Trek does zombies and we're trapped inside the house and we can't get out. Yeah, definitely, definitely a horror themed episode there. Yeah, I don't want to be trapped anywhere with anybody, let alone fast-moving zombies. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would have been my other um, Enterprise one, so I'm glad that that we it was on both our lists. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Um. So there's one, and I and I get the episode names mixed up. Um. So I'm gonna need your help on this one, Eric. Um. It's from Deep Space Nine. Yes. Okay. It's the one where um, there's an unknown memory for um, or unknown memory of a host from um, Jadzia and okay. her Dax symbiote. Yes. Um, and I'm needing to explore that, mm-hmm. um, like both that episode and also the one <laughs> where, and maybe it's the same one. I I keep them. I get them mixed up. I'm sorry. Um, where each member of like the main cast basically takes on the personage of, of a symbiont. So those two episodes kind of together um, are, are like on my list, but I can't, yeah. I get the names mixed up. Is one equilibrium. Yeah. Equilibrium season three, episode four. That's the one where we have to go back to Trill to help Jadzia. And she's exploring the memories of like the past Dax killer. Right. Yeah. And then, Man, if I forget the name of the other episode, right? Where they all take on the, the, you know, the ceremony, whatever, where they do the mm-hmm. thing, right? Uh, where Captain Cisco plays um, the killer. Oh man, what's the name of that episode? That's gonna bug me. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Anyway, so yeah, they both, those both are like so very creepy to me. Um, yes, I mean, especially like the Equilibrium one, like knowing like, oh shoot, there's a murderer um, in this, in in the history of the Dax symbiont, so. you look. Are you looking it up right now? I'm, I'm yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably too far. Definitely too far. Maybe it's in season four. Thought it would be later than that. No, 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 no. I know this is this is great podcasting. While I'm just seeing absolutely looking this up. Um, huh? Where is this episode? Oh no! I've stumped Eric. <laughs> 
I, 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 yeah, Equilibrium season three, episode four. Definitely, I knew that one. Yeah. Where is the other one? <laughs> oh man, this is bugging me. This is bugging me. This is bugging me. This is bugging me. Oh, it's in season three as well. Damn, I thought it was later. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's season three, episode twenty-five. It's called Facets. Okay, there we go. They're both in season three, the beginning and the end. I was like, it's got to be like in a later season. They wouldn't do the same storyline in the same season, right? No. <laughs> oh, that's funny though. That's okay. funny. Facets, season three, episode twenty-five. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. All right. Congratulations, Eric. You did it. You can. I did you, it. I did it. You still get to keep your uh, keep your cred. Well done. We we need like a new name for you though. Like we obviously you can't be Data, but like Lieutenant Commander Info, Lieutenant Commander <laughs> Computer, um, uh, Lieutenant Commander Factoid. I don't know. Factoid. <laughs> okay, I want to I want to go to one that might be a little off the wall, and this is one of those. I said I, there's probably some things I'm gonna have that you wouldn't expect me to have. Sure. But I'm going to go to a Voyager episode right now. And it's from season six, the end of season six. And it's called The Haunting of Deck 12. Okay. And so one of the things that we always used, I used to do as a kid and you did too, is we would go camping. Indeed. Right? A lot. A lot. And one of the things you do when you go camping is you sit around the fire, right? You sit around the campfire and you just late at night and you just talk. And always one of the things you do when you sit around the campfire is you tell ghost stories, right? Almost always, but yes. I mean, but like, this is like a thing. You sit around the campfire, you tell ghost stories. And there are so many books about people sitting around campfires telling ghost stories. I feel like Nickelodeon had an entire television show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Great one, by the way. Which was just kids out in the woods at night telling ghost stories to each other. And man, Mm -hmm. it's on Paramount Plus, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay. Yeah, and they and so, they also did a reboot of it too. Oh, did they? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, they did a reimagining of Are You Afraid of the Dark as well. So there's two different series now. Okay. But The Haunting of Deck 12 is a ghost story. It's like the the bored children get woken up, you know, Egypt and all the bored children get woken up from their regeneration cycles and the ship is all dark. And Neelix is like, "Gather round, children." And he like he literally like lights a lamp. And he sits there and tells them this story about this nebula creature that, like, takes over the ship. And and then at the end, you're like, wait, was it real or was it not? Was he just making up this story? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just, like, it's not scary, but just the idea of the campfire ghost story. I love that idea. And And the story he tells is such a great Star Trek story. Like... Here's an alien creature that is like it's not humanoid and it's nothing like us. It's not just, you know, a human with some prosthesis on its head. But it's yeah. like some nebula creature and we have to communicate with it. And at first we think that it's attacking us, but really we just accidentally sucked it into our ship when we went into this nebula. And how do we communicate with this creature and how do we eventually solve this problem? It's just a really great Star Trek story about first contact with a truly alien species but yeah told in the context of a campfire ghost story and i love that idea 
That's fantastic. Yeah. Right. Because I just I just remembered loving telling ghost li- I, listening more to people telling ghost stories than telling them myself. But this uh, this episode just makes me so happy to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to. I mean, I barely remember that episode, actually. Um, I mean, you're, you're the Voyager guru. Um, if we're going to talk about kind of um, out there like kind of questionable, like if this actually is spooky or creepy or whatever. Um, I got one too, just in okay. the same vein of this. Um, okay. and, and I doubt very much that this is on your list. I will be very surprised if it is Eric. And that is hard time from deep space nine. Okay. It's not on my list, but the fact, okay. So the fact that, I mean, yes, it's a it's an O'Brien must suffer episode, but the fact that you are simulating um, a life sentence in your mind, that you are a prisoner of your own mind, basically, mm-hmm. is terrifying. That is absolutely yeah. terrifying. That's like creepy, uh, like crazy creepy. Um, that Miles has been sentenced to um, to life imprisonment, and that it's been simulated. And he's freed from it, um, you know, like it's, it's happened in like a matter of like minutes, basically minutes, hours, whatever, it doesn't matter. And yet he just has to deal with it now. Like, I mean, he's got like PTSD from being imprisoned his whole life, even though he's the same age as when he went in basically. And like, I love a good psychological thriller and that is like right up there with like a psychological thriller as far as I'm concerned. Um, in the Star Trek context. So that like, you know, like you look at movies like, um, um, like the matrix, for example, like what is real type of thing? Like your mind makes it real. Um, and I, and you know, I realized like hard time came out before the matrix did, but like, it's still like along the same lines of, um, what you think becomes your reality, what you believe becomes your reality type of thing. And, I think that's the good, um, that's, that's a really good formula, really good thing to have when it comes to like these, these thrillers, um, like scream, for example, I I love the scream series. Like I know others probably don't, but like I laugh at, at scream. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a dark comedy at the same time too. Um, but they, they play the thriller really well. So, um, hard time, great episode, really creepy just because it's a simulated life sentence and um, it's done very, very well as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So there is another psychological thriller episode involving your favorite character. Stop me if this is in your top three. Okay. Cause it's not in my top three. Do you know what episode I'm talking about? I do. Is it in your top three? Um, it could be, it could be, yeah, it's a split decision if it could be. Okay, well, then I'm just going to talk about it right now, if, it, okay. if it's a could be. And that's frame of mind. Yeah, it's on my list, by the way. Yeah, yeah, like, like, because we're talking about, like, the psychological thrillers and what's really happening. Frame of mind is terrifying to me, this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, like, are you losing your mind? Are you not losing your mind? Like, what is going on here? Like, I was confused like crazy watching this episode for the first time. I had no idea. Is it like, are we watching like Will Riker in one place and Thomas Riker in the other? Cause you know, the Thomas Riker episode hadn't happened yet. And I knew that was a thing. And I was like, I was confused. 
and this is like inception 20 years before inception happened like it is we're like three layers deep he breaks out of one layer and he thinks he's free but it's really still just another layer of the simulation and then he has to break out of that but he's still he's still in the simulation Mm -hmm. and it's like what is real what is not real am i losing my mind am i not losing my mind and like this is a terrifying episode because like the mind like you you as a person who works in the psychology field like you study the mind it's a can be a truly terrifying thing yeah and to a like, very fragile thing too to like not have control over it right and to start to question is your mind working correctly is terrifying to me yeah for sure yeah and i, and, and I put it, i and, put that and, down for the same reasons too right and and like this episode one of the things that if you don't know about this, like, I'm going to let you in on, like, something that Star Trek does. If a scene is not real, or if it's, like, a fake scene or a stage scene, there will be no exterior shots of the ship. Right? No exterior establishing shots. That's, that's like, a key to let you know that what's happening is not real. So if you go watch this episode, there will be no outside shots of the Enterprise. Hmm. If you watch Future Imperfect, which is another, like, Riker is put in some fake memory, there's no exterior shots of the ship. If you watch, like, Ship in a Bottle, right, throughout, like, the first half before the reveal comes, there's no outside shots of the ship. And right. that's, like, something that Star Trek did to, like, let you know that what was happening was not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and none of those episodes, by the way, are on my list. But I didn't no. know that. Like, I guess I had made that connection. So thank you for pointing that out, Eric. You're welcome. Okay, I want to um, divert a little bit to a little bit more of um, some newer Trek. And um, I don't know if you're, you're going to be surprised that some of the stuff is on my list or not. But, hey, whatever. Um. So I want to I want to talk about a discovery episode, real quick, and this is what is this episode? Is it two episode three? It's early on season one of Discovery, and that's context is for kings. Okay, I thought about putting this episode on there, but I I held off. Okay, <clears throat> just the I guess like the main thing is like how they're like talking about this thing and like like it's just this thing like how they're like talking about like what we later find out to be the tardigrade um and how we're going to win the war and the way that everything is lit and the build up to it and then the final reveal of the tardigrade um in this i don't even know what you'd call it like this collection room this um oh there's a fancy word i'm trying to think of and it's completely escaping me um, anyway, and then like just having the reveal of the tardigrade and like the tardigrade, like going bonkers and like just attacking people. And, um, again, just the lighting, the music, the whole setup, like just how it builds up is, is very much, um, I think in line, like with like some horror esque type stuff when you finally see the creature in a horror film. So mm-hmm. I thought it was done very well, um, regardless of what we might um, think about Star Trek Discovery. This was a very good, creepy, spooky 
uh, moment in in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, and you go you go to that that sister ship of the Discovery, and you just see like the bodies and the blood on the wall. It's definitely absolutely very horrifying. And you see the Klingons are there too, and they're like freaked out as well. And there's dead Klingons as well. Yeah, I would say like there's um what is it later on in <clears throat> in season two, yeah, season two when we get Culber back, um, and we have to go to Sporeland. Um, like that's, that's very creepy too. That's not on my list. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if that's on my on, list either, but like that's, that's up there too. And, um, I just think, I just think that context is for Kings, uh, just did a little bit of a better job of that vibe. And I, I felt like, oh, I wish I can remember that episode where we go rescue Culber and bring him back. Yeah, It's, uh, is it an oval for Charon or Sharon? That sounds right. That sounds right. To me, that was just too on the nose with Stranger Things for me to be able to be. It okay was definitely with... the Stranger Thing. Let's go to the Upside Down and rescue yeah. Will Byers, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But no, that's a good Star Trek episode. The idea of like aliens that live in the mycelial network. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to have questions when we get to um, season four, but that's not a discussion for today. Well, I mean, I have lots of questions about what happened to that plot line about like the the spore drive hurting the aliens that live in the yeah. mycelial we'll, network. We'll never <laughs> like, do it what, again. What hap- yeah, we'll never do it again. What happened to that? <laughs> wink, wink. No, no. <laughs> Saints of Imperfection was the name of that episode. Okay. And Oval for Sharon was the episode before that. Okay. Um, by the way, Eric, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five left. Okay, I have five left as well. Okay. Okay, so let me let me pick one now that hopefully is not in your top your top three, but it's an episode from season seven of the Next Generation, and it is called Phantasms. Nope, not on my list. Okay, so this is the episode where like in season six, Data had this like dream program unlocked within him. Right, that was programmed in by Doctor Sung, and now he's starting to dream, but all of a sudden he's starting to have nightmares. Data is, and like in these nightmares, he's getting like dismembered, and there's all kinds of like weird, creepy imagery. Like there's like the the Troy cake, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Deanna Troy has this cake, and then they're cutting into her, and like. Will Riker has a straw in the side of his head that Dr. Crusher is, like, drinking out of. And this is the one where Data opens up his stomach, his chest, and there's the phone and, you know, like, the joke. There's my Data phone. I'm calling I'm calling for my Android phone. Oh, yeah, I'm calling for my Android phone. Yeah, that's the <laughs> joke. Yeah. Right? And there's all, like, the weird, creepy dream imagery. And it's, like, shot from some weird angles. And I just... I don't know if it's scary, but just some of, like the creepy imagery and the idea of like nightmares and how like nightmares don't make sense. But in this sense, they're trying to tell us something. There are these little parasitic alien creatures that are on the ship that, and then like the dreams are trying to tell data that and how your dreams or your nightmares can try and tell you something about the real world. And there's just like creepy, creepy imagery in this episode. Yeah. 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 I, I had thought about that one, but I thought it would be too on the nose. And um, honestly, I thought it would probably be on your list. So I just let you have it. So there you go. Okay. 
Um, I want to go to uh, one more of the newer Trek episodes, um, and then the rest of it's going to be all old school stuff. So um, for me, um, from Star Trek Picard, season one, obviously, The Impossible Box. Okay. So is that, I don't know if that's on your list at all. It's not on my list, no. Okay, so this is the episode, um, if I'm remembering it correctly, where they're on the Borg cube, Mm -hmm. and... um, uh, uh, Soji gets activated basically like she goes into this room and she plays Candyland basically yeah she's on the uh, trust walk right yeah she's doing like her trust walk type thing her vision quest whatever and um, stuff hits the fan she gets triggered activated whatever you want to call it and starts busting through different floors trying to escape re- essentially wreaking havoc along the way and uh, I just really liked it. And yeah. um, the one thing I can't remember, though, was this the one where they were dancing and, like, sliding down the hallway in their no, socks? No, that was the episode before this. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, that was just, like, just the music for that was... I, I mean, I remember when we had that conversation. That yes. music was very much Haunted Mansion-esque. Right. Uh, which you had listened to prior to us recording, just to kind of get in well, the Well, you had showed it, you had... You had you had thought, like, you had listened to the music ahead of time, and you had thought there was going to be some, like, Borg monster popping out of the corner I or did. something, right? Because of I did. the music cues that you were listening to. I did, yeah. Yeah, but I no, that's wrong. not what happened. They just went no. sliding down a hallway. In their socks. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really cool. All right. So that's that's it. I mean, I, just, I thought it was, like, really, just really creepy. I mean, because there were, like... Um, like the random like uh, Star Trek tarot cards that were kind of like incorporated along the way too, and um, Narek just encouraging her along the way to become who she is, type of thing. So, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, creep. I thought I thought it was creepy, uh, not not like over the top creepy, but it was it was enough to kind of like tilt your head a little bit, at least for me. Yeah. Okay, so I, I've got so, four episodes left, and like three and four on my list could go either way, but I think I'm going to put it this way. Um, I'm going to say that before we get into my top three, the last episode before my top three is a Next Generation episode from season four, and it is called Night Terrors. I thought I seriously thought about putting this one, one on my list. This episode is terrifying to me oh my god um so the enterprise goes into this area and they find this derelict ship that all the crew members have killed each other so you Mm -hmm. know fascinating setup here and there's one betazoid crew member that's like lost his mind and troy is trying to communicate telepathically with him but then she ends up having these nightmares where she's floating through some weird greenly lit thing and she sees like two lights ahead of her and she's just like and she has this creepy weird voice and then all of a sudden nobody on the ship can sleep and listen I don't sleep well myself like I'm a bad sleeper the idea of not being able to sleep is terrifying to me because I'm already a bad sleeper and like no, nobody on the crew can get a good night's sleep. 
and as such, they start hallucinating. There's like the image of Captain Picard is in the turbo lift, and he feels like it's like closing down on him, and it opens up to the bridge, and he's just like huddled up in the fetal position, yelling, and the crew's like, "Oh my God, Captain, are you okay?" And then there's a scene where Troy, or not Troy, Janet, Doctor Crusher is in, like, I guess the morgue on the ship. I don't know. But, like, there's all these bodies, and then some of them, like, sit up on her. And that's a classic horror movie trope, right? Where, like, the body with the little bag over it just all of a sudden sits up and really creepy. And the music in this episode, I know you're the music person, is creepy AF. Like, like, (laughs) it's just, it's creepy, the music. And it's, like... The perfect atmosphere for a horror movie with the music that this episode creates. And I, it's terrifying to me, this episode. Like, ah, mm-hmm. who gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Night terrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had I, I seriously thought about putting this on my list. And um, um, apart from it being creepy for the reasons that you outlined, um, this is the one episode for any of the costuming people out there that um, are wanting to know what the boots look like. Um, there's a part where Picard's clapped, collapsed in the fetal position. You get a really good shot of his boots, and they're on um, floor shine, by yeah, the way. you do. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, okay, so this is my, my last one before my top three. Okay? okay. All right. So this one might catch you off guard. I'm okay. warning you on this one. All right. So I'm going to the end of of Star Trek The Next Generation, season seven. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Episode 19, Genesis. Yeah, okay. This 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 didn't make my list, but it was like right there. I remember, I can vividly remember watching this for the first time and seeing like Worf devolve and like what he was going to do to the rest of the of the crew just scared the bejesus out of me. Um, this is what I think Voyager was maybe trying to do or what they could have done. Maybe it was like a recycled story idea with um, with Threshold. But like, look, Genesis, say what you want about it, about the, the story or whatever, but the visuals, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, the visuals are absolutely terrifying with the episode Genesis. Um, there's a, there's a, an episode or a part in the episode where Dr. Crusher is like with, with like, everyone's like devolving. Right. So like, um, she's like part human, part amphibian, something or another. And like, it's just so cool. Just, yeah, ooh, it's yeah. creepy. Oh, def- definitely. And the fact that the fact that like at the end, and this is a funny moment at the end of this, like. Barkley was the one to like set off the whole like devolving thing, right? Of course. And like they're gonna name the thing the the thing after Reg Barkley, and that's so funny. But at the sense for a guy like Reg Barkley, oh my god, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's a funny moment to end the episode, but yeah, the imagery in that episode is creepy, 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 creepy. Absolutely creepy. Okay, so I'm I'm ready to talk about my top three if you are. I am ready to talk about my top three as well. Okay, so again, we have no idea what our top three is, nope. 
but we have a sneaking suspicion that our number one is probably the same one. Probably. <laughs> so, um, Eric, let's go ahead and let's hear what your number three is. Okay. My number three is a Deep Space Nine episode. Okay. Season five, episode 24. It's called Empok Nor. Okay. Right. This is the episode where something breaks on Deep Space Nine and they have to go to the sister station, right? Deep Space Nine was Teraknor. The sister station was Empoknor, right? And they're going on a, like a salvage mission because Empoknor has been abandoned by the Cardassians, and they're going to go and try and, and salvage it. But standard Cardassian practice is to booby trap anything that they left behind. So Garrick goes with them on this mission, right? Because... He's a Cardassian, and he he understands the booby traps, and, you know, he was with the Obsidian Order. And there's this really funny moment at the beginning of this episode where, like, Garrick is like, it's really weird. People are starting to trust me. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, pretty soon they'll start inviting me to their parties. And O'Brien <laughs> is like, rest assured, Garrick, I will never invite you to a party of mine. And Garrick's like, thank you. <laughs> anyway, funny moment at the beginning. But they go there, and, like, this whole station doesn't have power. And so it's all shot dark. It's the And we're essentially we're inside a haunted house. This is Haunted House in Space episode, right? And I love me some Haunted House in Space. That's essentially what the movie Alien is, is a Haunted House in Space. And there are these Cardassian soldiers that were infected with something that got left behind, and... They wake up out of their pods and they just start like in the dark picking off the crew members, the engineering crew members one by one in the dark. And like Garrick gets infected by this same thing and he starts to go crazy. And there's this one moment where like Chief O'Brien comes and says, you look different. What do you mean? That's not the face of a tailor. That's the face of a killer. Right. And, and like Garrick goes crazy and he kidnaps Nog and, and he, like, kills one of the, the people. And it's just, like, a really creepy, like, haunted house in space. And I just, I love the atmosphere that this episode creates. It's so claustrophobic. And and I'm not claustrophobic, but I love, like, movies and TV shows that cr can create that claustrophobic feeling well. And this okay. is very similar, like, the episode Impulse that I talked about earlier is very similar. Yeah. But that is more, like, fast-paced, high-octane. And this episode is more, like, psychological. And I think that's what elevates this one to a little bit higher on the list and more scary for me. Okay. Very good. And I, just, yeah. I really like this episode. Yeah. I think I had considered um, Empak Noir at one point. Um, but I, I guess I just wasn't... I didn't have the right frame of mind thinking <laughs> of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number three for me, um, I think it's on this list for a number of reasons. One, I like the series. Two, there were, um, um, well, the episode is Conspiracy. Um, season one, episode 25, I want to yeah, say. It, from it, 24, 25, depending on if you consider the first episode one or two. Right. So of, of next gen. Yep. And I mean, they, 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 
they play this really well. Um, meeting captains, meeting on a planet. Uh, there's we 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 can't trust our superiors. Uh, we're being recalled to um, to Starfleet Command and um, the Academy, and we're going to do all this stuff. And come to find out that that's these parasitic worm things that have taken over key figures, key leaders um, in this uh, systematic takeover of the planet. And the fact that uh, they think that Riker is one that was was taken over, but he's just playing around um, about to eat worms or... Yeah. Pill worms, whatever, they, whatever they whatever, are. Yeah, I don't know. Maggot looking things. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. man. It, that was just like, oh, so gross. And you know what? It, it, it was. Um, it's so one of my absolute favorite like Cold War era movies <laughs> is the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And this is like right on with it. So, like, this was like hitting all the right things for me. But like it just like dialed it up a notch with the creepy creepiness. And um, I think this was like the one episode that actually had a warning on it um, with like its original broadcast or, or something like that. And I don't think it was ever um, uh, put into syndication after the fact, but just because of how graphic this episode was like with hum- uh, with with heads exploding and just explosions and yeah. Yeah, the it, ending, was very, it was very. It was grotesque. The, the ending, ending was very grotesque. The creature, it just like they shoot it, and it just like the body explodes, and it's like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. So this is that. That's that's for me. Yeah, I didn't this put this is, on my list because I figured you would, right? <laughs> I figured you were gonna put it, but so I I kept it off of mine. You're so courteous, Eric. I Thanks, know. buddy. I know. And now we're getting down to the end. We each have two episodes left, right? Right. And and we haven't there's two episodes that we haven't mentioned, so I feel like they're probably gonna be the same. Let's and so I'll out. go to my number two. I mean I could be wrong, but I'm my number two is from the next generation. Okay. Is season six, episode five, schisms. That's my number two also. Yes. Okay, I since <laughs> we hadn't mentioned these two episodes, I figured they were the same. This episode, it's like Star Trek meets the Twilight Zone. It yes. is creepy as all get out. Like, yes, Riker can't sleep. Like already, like I'm a bad. I mentioned this. I'm a bad sleeper. I don't sleep well, and the idea of not being able to sleep terrifies me. So we start out with like Riker. He can't sleep. Like Jordy, Jordy, come wake me up at 0700. And Riker gets in bed. And, like, it's not – they don't even do a cut scene. It's just, like, he lays down. Two seconds later, he gets up. There's no cut scene. And it's, like, oh, it's 0700. It's the morning. No, it's not. And, like, that that idea alone, before we even get to anything else, like, terrifying to me not being able to sleep. Mm-hmm. But then, like, these aliens are kidnapping people in, like, the middle of the night, and they're doing experiments on them. And we find all these different crew members – who, when they go to the holodeck and they're building, like, the laboratory that they've been in, they're like, no, change the table. Make it make it smaller. Make it metal. Put a restraining arm. Put the little scissor thingy. That, that scene is chilling to me, where they're just all remembering it, like, in real time. And they're all remembering the same thing and they're building it. Whew. Creepy, mm-hmm. creepy, 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 creepy. 
Yeah, I remember like, um, like when they actually get to the the creatures like ship laboratory experimental room thing you know where like that table is uh-huh. and you see um uh the ensign oh ensign rager thank you she was the helmsman. uh yeah you see her um who's being experimented on and then like riker notices and like go and like she's like still unconscious right and like goes to like rescue her and like basically gets out like just in the nick of time like through this like parallel cloud thing like it, it looked very um like q like q like with his like snap mm-hmm. type of thing yeah um but like ugh, so creepy yeah. and um like i didn't watch the x-files um as a kid um uh, it wasn't until i got older that i watched the x-files um same, apart from same. like uh, i mean apart from when i spent the night like at some friend's house and like their parents would have it on like i see that and was creeped out but anyways i love the x-files great up great series series. by the way um this like has like very like you mentioned twilight zone this very much has like x-files vibes to it like especially like with like the the alien mythos stuff of of um the x-files like abduction type stories and um i mean this is like creepy to the next level yeah. and i think that's why it's number two like it's so high up for like, like the, the creepy like, spooky they're, they're stuff clicking that clicking noise yeah like like i mean we talked about going camping sometime and like all the little noises you hear in the middle of the night from like the animals and the insects it's like creepy like i know like you know when you're camping you know those insects are probably not gonna hurt you but it's still creepy the mm-hmm. clicking noises and the fact that we don't ever figure out who they are like we were like what's to stop them from doing this again like we don't like fix the problem and they're, they're no. like they're still out there right like that makes it mm-hmm. even more creepy yeah i mean there's there's a couple of those stories right like same thing with um the the parasitic yeah. life forms from conspiracy, conspiracy. Yeah. like they just disappear and and the episode There's, even leaves it at the end. They're out there. Yeah. Yeah. We and we we have nothing else. Yep. So I mean that I mean that adds to the creepy creepiness of it even more. Mm-hmm. Like that th- that we know that they're there. We have some kind of knowledge, some kind of awareness that they're there, that they could come back whenever they want to, and we wouldn't know about it, and they would wreak havoc. Okay. So yeah, very, very, very good episode yeah. from a creepy perspective, yes. and it's it's definitely not just creepy, but it's just a very memorable episode. Period. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I think here we are. I think number one. I think I know what our number one is. All right. My number one is an episode from Star Trek Voyager. Oh. Okay. So far, so good. <laughs> okay. Right. Before we get there, do you want to mention any episodes that you didn't that maybe were close? Um. No, no, I think I'm good. No, I think I'm good too. I think I've talked about everything that <laughs> yeah that I wanted to. All right, all right. So, Star Trek so it's Voyager. from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> Hold on, is it from season two? Yes, it is. Okay, I think we have the same episode. Does it involve chorophobia? 
clowns? Yeah. It sure does. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's the same episode. <laughs> Let me guess. The Thaw. Oh, my God. It's The Thaw. By far and away, like, the easiest choice for number one on any list ever, ever, any list ever, creepiest Star Trek episode ever. I'm not afraid of clowns at all. At all. Okay? You, you probably don't know this about me, Eric, but I actually got certified as a professional clown. So I was actually, okay. I actually got certified I, to wear gonna, wh- a white I'm face. I'm going to leave now? I'm going to leave now? <laughs> So, but dude, watching this episode, like the, the, the episodes that you gave me, by the way, in college, when I watched this for the first time, yeah, I had nightmares for days <laughs> with this episode. Like I had to like stop watching Voyager for like about a week at least wow. because of this episode. Like this episode terrified me. Yeah. This, this, listen, clowns are creepy. Like, I don't care. I mean, you said you're not afraid of them. Clowns are creepy. Like, I will punch a clown straight up and then run away as fast as I can because clowns are creepy. I don't know who in their right mind came up with clowns, but I hate you. Clowns are creepy. And, like, listen, the way my brain works, the way my brain works... It's very ordered. It's very logical. Everything has to make sense. And this little reality world thing that he created makes no sense whatsoever. And, like, that was the point, right? Like, things didn't have to make continuity sense. Like, here's a character over there, and you just pan the camera, and the same character is over there. And, like, this world doesn't make sense. And for my brain, I hate that. I literally hate that. And, like, this episode premiered on April 29th, 1996. So I was nine years old. And I'm sure I know I had nightmares, too, after this, after watching this episode. Because I was there April 29th, 1996, 8 p.m. UPN, right, watching this Wednesday night. And I know I had nightmares for several mm. days after this because you give me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, well, there we go. Like, like his makeup is like not your traditional clown makeup, no. but it's just like it's. It, I think that makes it worse that it's not your traditional clown makeup. I don't know what it is, but this Michael McKean right played the clown here, the clown, so, the personification of fear, and you know most people will remember Michael McKean from Spinal Tap, but he's also on like Better Call Saul. And he's was he's he's been in a lot of stuff, Michael McKean. So I want so one thing that you probably don't know, um, which we were taught uh, with um, our our with clown school, was what is allowed on your face, like how you like every white face clown their their face is registered. Like no one is legally allowed to wear that face. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so if you're a white face clown, your face is registered. Um, like that is how you do your makeup. No one, no other clown is allowed to do it. Um, you get in big trouble, um, doing that. Um, so there's contrary to what you might believe, Eric, there are the good clowns and then there are bad clowns, evil clowns. And 
you are not allowed to use sharp angles with um, with your your makeup design. So um, I would show you a picture, but it would probably creep you out right now of yeah, please, of like the clown don't. itself. Okay, but like um, I just pulled up an image of of um, the clown, the clown from, from that episode. This episode. Yeah. So. On the top of the forehead, there's a big, sharp triangle, like the angle. Uh-huh. So that is that, ba- from a makeup perspective, makes it an evil clown because there's a sharp angle. Okay. Um, technically, technically speaking, Ronald McDonald is an evil clown because of the sharp angle underneath the eyes. Okay. So just like... Just from knowing that, whether whether production design knew it or not, like you know, makeup knew it or not, um, that's a tell right there that this is an evil clown. Before you know anything else about it, no, like so, I, I just thought that'd be worth mentioning. So I, you know, I, I mentioned I'm listening to this Delta Flyers podcast with uh, Tom and Harry, um, right? And so <clears throat> they obviously they're past, they're in season four right now, talking about the episode. So they've done this episode and. They had Marvin Rush um, on as a guest on this episode, and Marvin Rush was the the director of photography for the entire he every single episode of of Voyager and several from before and several after from different series, and he actually directed this episode as well, right? Not in addition to being the director of photography, he directed this episode, and he talked about the makeup and things. I get he talked about they wanted to create like something that was very striking that didn't look like a normal clown and they were going for all of these continuity errors right they were trying to create this world and they wanted to use weird lenses to create effect right obviously as a cinematographer like he knows how to like use lenses and camera angles and man to listen to him talk he he knew what he was doing. Like he knew he was making the creepiest episode in Star Trek history. Like just listening to him mm-hmm. talk. I think like <clears throat> one one of those was a um like a like a fisheye lens, wasn't yeah. it? Like yep. in the in the episode. Yeah, so like and, like uh, you're looking through like the little peephole on like a apartment door or a hotel door, mm-hmm. right? It's like a fisheye yeah. lens. Like everything gets distorted. Right. So this is like, this is an episode that it's not a train wreck, but it's like watching a train wreck. Like you can't help but watch it type of thing. No, and like, I, yeah, go keep going. I was going to say like, I don't seek out this episode, right? Because it's just so darn creepy. Just so dang creepy. Um, but like whenever I do a, a Voyager watch through, like I'm going to watch it like, but it's not like something I'm just going to go to just to go to no, it. I, I watched either. this episode yesterday in preparation for recording this podcast. Like I, I watched like all of these creepy episodes in a row. So I was like at night, I was kind of like hugging myself. To like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Why did I just do that? <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like whew, creepy, creepy. Like, um, it's not an episode I'll ever seek out, like, just, oh, I'm going to watch one episode of Star Trek. Let's watch The Thaw. But I do think right. it is a really good episode of Star Trek, in, in like, it, it, it feels like a, a Star Trek episode. Like, here's a problem that we have to overcome using technology and science, and we have to outsmart our opponent. 
right? First we send in the doctor who, like, the clown can't read the doctor's thoughts. And then Janeway figures out a way to, like, outsmart the clown. We don't outfight him, but we outsmart him. We outthink him. And then I love the, the couple of lines at the end. It's like, um, I've had my fa- I've had my dealings with fear before, right? Like, every starship captain has faced fear. And then um, Starfleet captains don't succumb to fear easily. Fear only exists for one purpose, to be overcome. And so in a certain level, the clown, who is the personification of fear, wanted to be defeated. And I think these are really good lines. And I love the episode just closes, and it's like a close-up of the shot of the clown's face. And the lights just go out behind him. And we just see the close-up of his face, and then it fades to black. It's really, it's done really well. And it's it's mm-hmm. like, the Star Trek concepts are great in this episode. I, I would agree 100%. And kind of jumping out of, of the Star Trek fandom for a second for anyone that might be listening to this episode for the very, or, you know, this episode, that, I mean, this this show for the very first time coming from other fandoms. Um, if this, this is um, very much um, the Matrix before the Matrix was a thing, um, you know, kind of bringing that up ag- again. Uh, but also, like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, um, Prisoner of Azkaban, um, you, you learn about um, the, the ridiculous spell, which, which is like, dealing with a boggart when and a boggart embodies like what your fear is and you you do this spell at it and it um and laughter is the thing that it hates the most because it's you conquering your fear so there parallels like with this this other fandom so like if you enjoy harry potter especially prisoner of azkaban and some remus lupin this might be an episode that you would potentially enjoy again it's a heavy episode. It's creepy as all get out, but it's very, very well done. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the heebie-jeebies is a real phrase, and I, I feel it. Like, I can't, I can't explain what the heebie-jeebies are, but this episode, but you got give, it. this episode gives it to me. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's it, that's man. It. I don't have anything else on the list. I don't have any, I, like I said, when we started, I was pretty confident this was going to be at the top of both of our lists. Right? Pretty confident. Yeah. And as we were getting closer, it hadn't been mentioned. And I was like, all right, it's definitely going to be there. And then when we got to the top two, and we had like two episodes that neither of us had mentioned, I was like, now I know that we have the exact same top two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's why we are friends. Yes. <laughs> that's why we're friends. I love it whenever we don't have to, to share our, our stuff with each other, but we just know. We just know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this was an easy choice. I said this is the easiest choice in the history of lists. <laughs> right. Right. And, I, and now you can now you can ex- um, update your um, your Excel spreadsheet if you haven't already with uh, with creepiest Star Trek episodes. I mean, there might there may or may not be a list of that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I mean, it's there. All right. Well, um, we don't have um, a Twitter poll uh, for for this week for this week's episode. What's you that? Could make one. I could put it out the day before the, the episode drops, but we don't have anything to talk about right now. No, no, we don't. Darn. Anyway, so um, so that's it. That's it. We're we're at the end of our episode. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here, man? I mean, now that we've just creeped you out talking about these, I think it's time to go watch like a Dracula marathon or something. 
right? <laughs> or, you know, go watch all the Scream movies or something. You mentioned right. those. Uh, There's a new Scream I movie lo- coming I lo- out. Did you know that? I did. Like Scream 5. Yeah. And uh, Jack McQuaid is in it. Or Boimler. Hey, and, or Huey, very cool. Or Huey. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't watch that with the kids. No. And I don't, Michelle's never Michelle's never seen um, the Scream movie. Really? So How is that possible? No. I don't She doesn't like being scared, yeah, which I but get. Yeah, but the Scream, this, this interesting fact about Scream, um, they, uh, they sent it, the finished product, and they sent it to be, like, rated by the, you know, the MPAA, right, who does the ratings. And it came back with, like, an NC-17 rating the first time they sent it. And so they wow. did a little bit of cutting, sent it back, NC-17 again. And then, like, Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, you know, the, er, the, the director and the writer, they were frustrated. Like, this should not be happening. So they took the movie that they had sent back the second time, and they said, don't think of this as a horror movie. Think of it as a comedy, right? Keep that thought in your mind. Don't think of it as a horror movie. Think of it as a comedy. And they sent the same movie back that got an NC-17 ring. No changes. Just that one, put that little thought in your mind. And it came back with an R rating because, like, it's supposed to be funny. It's a parody. So don't think which, of it. Which it is. Don't think of it as a scary movie or a horror movie. Think of Scream as a comedy. I, You know, I think around the time that I was getting into Star Trek and, like, you know, you're letting me borrow your your Star Trek shows and stuff. Um, I went to the, um, the family video there at, what is that? Um, Dort highway and, and Saginaw. Saginaw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, Hill and Road. um, Hill I Road rent right there too. Yeah. 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 So I rented, um, I think the first two or three, something like that, whatever it was, uh-huh. I think I rented them all, whatever was available. I think there were just three. Of them and at that point. there, yeah, there had to have been. And I remember, so I was living with my dad at his apartment and, I'm in my room and um, I didn't have a DVD player except for my computer. So like I put it in my computer's DVD player and like it's pitch black and I'm watching it with like my headphones on um, while my dad's sleeping. And um, I had a great time. <laughs> I mean, there were like a few moments like I was creeped out, but I had, I had a great time watching yeah. the scream series. So anyone, um, anyways, everyone happy Halloween. Um, hope you are all safe. Um, you know, trick or treating, going to Halloween parties and stuff like that. Um, for anyone that is a big Hocus Pocus fan, um, if you don't know this, there's a Hocus Pocus two that is currently in production and, um, it's, it will be out sometime, I think next fall for, um, for Halloween 22. So something to look forward to. I think maybe, maybe, um, so yeah, there you go. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Be safe if you're going to be out there. Absolutely. So anyway, um, to all the dear listeners out there on this um, Halloween night or day after Halloween, whenever you're listening to this, 3,000 years in the future, I don't know. Uh, what do you think of our of our list? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Are there some that you would add in that maybe we missed? Uh, let us know. Uh, you can get in contact with us through our website, trtvpod.com, where you can learn more about the show, um, us as hosts. Um, you can also uh, learn about um, other ways to support the show, whether that's you know telling friends, um, subscribing, following us on um, on the different platforms, following us on all the all the things: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTV Pod. Um, you can also support us financially through Patreon if you really like what we're doing. 
uh, we would really appreciate that. What, however you decide to support the show, uh, we're very appreciative of that. If you want to send us an email directly, you can do that, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute time limit before the zombies come out and get you, so you better hurry up. Um, other than that, if you do want to mail us something, right, like a, an examining table with like a serrated knife looking scythe thing. That's cool. Um, the mail might have an issue with that. But anyways, if you want to mail it to us, you can. Uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, as we go out there, uh, be safe. And as always, may you always boldly go and make it so. Make it so.